Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Alrighty, so um, I don't know if you were aware of this or not, but um, the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, Republican from Louisiana, uh, he is a Christian. Right, so, and if yeah, if you did not know that, then it became very clear when Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, uh, participated in a prayer after he was sworn in as Speaker of the House. It's a twofer. It's a twofer, right. So, right, he's just, he's just flexing that Christian muscle right in front of everybody. Look at me praying. So, of course, this has triggered a lot of people who uh, do not want religion anywhere near anything that they have to see or hear. Um, it, it, it's like, oh, it's okay, I guess, if you're going to one of those... Uh, uh, the non-denominational universalist or whatever they're called, Unitarian, you know, where, you know, no judgment on anything, that kind of thing, right? They, like, they're okay with you being a Christian in sort of like this detached sort of way, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's just, they just say that. Or, yes, if you are, uh, if you're black, you're allowed to be Christian, go to the, you know, church on Sundays and that, that's all fine. And then they'll come to your churches and whip votes and stuff. Like, all, all of that's fine. They just, it just makes them feel a little icky when, uh, you know, when, when certain people express Christian faith, I guess. So, um, Squawk Box. It's a program on CNBC. And I, I don't know the guy that he's talking to here. I think I'm supposed to know his name. Uh, he's like a like some up-and-coming rising star at CNBC or on the network or something. I think his name is, is it Aaron Sorkin? I think that's his name. Anyway, uh, he's interviewing the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. And in this interview, it gen- with this interview, uh, it generated a whole bunch of headlines in legacy media outlets, uh, like, for example, or this one from Axios, which kind of encapsulates the story pretty well. Uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson uh, told Squawk Box that he believes the founding fathers intended to keep government out of religion, not the other way around. Well, of course, Mike Johnson is correct about this. Now, I'm, I'm going to play you the soundbite from this exchange because, first off, what he says is correct. Um, And a lot of people in America don't know this. They don't understand it. Thank you very much, K-12 government education system. But uh, more than that, I will say it is nice to have a leader in the Republican Party that speaks as Mike Johnson speaks. And you'll understand what I mean by that when you hear what he says. I think it was the first day that uh, you had been uh, sworn in. It appeared uh, that you had were praying uh, on the floor uh, of Congress with a number of other uh, congressmen. And there is a question about the separation of 
of church and state. Uh, we often talk on this show about uh, folks, uh, about whether religion should play a role uh, inside a company, whether people should be allowed to, to pray inside a company. There's one thing to, to pray outside and to, and to have your faith, and, and, and there's a great importance in that. But how do you think about that, and how do you think about the public perception of that? Okay, let me just stop right there for a moment. Uh, because uh, he talks about how they on this program, Squawk Box, talk a lot about praying inside of companies or something, and it should be something that you know outside the company. You do it at outside the company. You don't do it inside the company. I'm curious, though, does that apply to all religions? Or are certain religions accommodated because they have to pray according to their religion? They have to pray a lot more often, right? It's not like they can just kind of you know, duck into the bathroom or just sit at their desk or in their cubicle or on the factory line and just kind of, you know, close their eyes, say a quick prayer, move on. But, like, there's an elaborate thing that they've got to do. They've got to get out the prayer rug. they got to face a certain direction. they got to do it, like, five times a day. And that has to be accommodated, right? Or no? Or are there different rules based on whoever is the oppressed or oppressor? Anyway, these are just questions that pop into my head. All right, so here's Mike Johnson's response to this kind of ridiculous question. Listen, faith, our deep religious heritage and tradition, is a big part of what it means to be an American. When the founders set this system up, they wanted a vibrant expression of faith in the public square because they believed that uh, a general moral consensus and virtue was necessary to maintain this grand experiment in self-governance that we created, a government of, by, and for the people. We don't have a king in charge. We don't have a middleman. So we've got to keep morality amongst us so that we have accountability. And so they they wanted faith to be a big part of that. The the separation of church and state is is a misnomer. People misunderstand. Standard. Of course, it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that Jefferson wrote. It's not in the Constitution. And what he was explaining is they did not want the government to encroach upon the church. Not that they didn't want principles of faith to have influence on our public life. It's exactly the opposite. Washington said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And John Adams came next and he said, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. They knew that it would be important to maintain our system. And that's why I think we need more of that. Not an establishment of any national religion, but we need everybody's vibrant expression of faith because it's such an important part of who we are as a nation. You don't hear Republicans talking like that. That is that is a rare thing for really anybody inside of either political party to be quoting founding fathers like that just off the cuff, on the fly, right? To just be able to conjure up Three historical references to that. Just boom, boom, boom. What does that tell me? It tells me that he has said these things many times before because he knows it. He knows it that well. And that tells me that either he is a very slick politician or these are principles that he holds dear. These are things that he, like, I I often quote, there's a, a, a Washington quote that I use often, uh, that, you know, government like fire is a useful servant, but a fearful master. I say that because I believe it. I agree with Washington and he said it way better than me. Plus I also, there's a, you know, in rhetoric, it's called an appeal to a higher authority. And so I'm citing him and he is the higher authority. He's one of our founding fathers. He is revered. He recognized the problem with having government 
as a fearful master. It was a warning that we should heed. And I just think that Johnson, I don't think Johnson memorized those lines from the founders because he thought it would just be, you know, helpful politically, rhetorically. I think he, he knows them because he believes them. Um, and that's refreshing because it's true, by the way. What he said was absolutely true. The founders did not try to keep religious people out of public service. The point was to keep government out of the religion. Okay, John has a comment here about the topic. Hello, John. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm all right. What's going on? Um, your previous comments about accommodating prayer, I used to service a facility up north where a significant number of uh, Indonesians had settled. Um, so I've actually seen that done um, at, 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 the, at the prescribed time. Uh, yeah. Folks that needed to pray would simply walk off the line um, and, like you said, break out the, uh, the prayer rug and face Mecca and, and, mm-hmm. and perform, the, perform the ritual. But I thought it was unusual because I had been servicing manufacturing facilities for like 20 years at the time, and the schedule is very, very strict. Yeah. Um, you know, when there's, an, when, when there's a production line, I mean, the breaks happen at this exact time. You have to be back on the line at this exact time. Um, it's, you know, before I saw that, uh, I, I know that unless it was an emergency, even bathroom breaks were kind of looked down upon because you had these scheduled breaks in time. So I, I found that accommodation understandable but highly unusual. Yeah, no, and I've seen them before um, in other locations as well, in other um, uh, industries and other venues and environments. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm curious where the uh, the host was going with that when he made those comments about, oh, you know, the, the, the practicing of religion in the workplace, that's a big topic for them that they are always talking about. So I, I do wonder if it's only one religion that they're actually talking about all the time on CNBC. Ikifu says, allowed to pray? Right, people are allowed to pray. This is in response to the interview that uh, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson gave to Squawk Box on CNBC. I think the host is uh, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, wait, hang on a second. I got an email from Bob. And Bob says, the CNBC interviewer of Speaker Johnson is Andrew Ross Sorkin, an ex-New York Times lefty. Are you sure? I thought Andrew Ross Sorkin, wasn't that the guy he wrote the West Wing? Right? Isn't that Andrew Ross Sorkin? Or AR, as they call him in the in Second Amendment circles? Um, <laughs> we have, this is a message from Dean. Pete, uh, yeah, Pete, it is a certain religion. I think it's called I Have None. Oh, that could be... Oh, that could be one. Zone of Dumbassery. Yeah, this whole story is just stupid on so many levels. That you've got people that are so offended by the idea of seeing a um, a Speaker of the House, a politician in the House, on the floor after session has ended, engaged in prayer. And this is the thing that's ruffled their feathers. But they've got no problem, no problem at all with seeing other people express their faith 
I guess it's a matter of whose faith, right? Or who the people are displaying the faith. I think we're just done for as a society, as a civilization, like the Western culture, Western society. I think we had a good run, um, but it doesn't seem like uh, it doesn't seem like there are many people. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't want to be defeatist here. I don't want to be defeatist. I want to be optimistic. I want to believe that there are a lot of people that believe that the culture, the society, the civilization, that's what, and, and like in the grandest uh, meaning of that term, civilization, right? That what the, the generations before us, uh, what they have built, that we have inherited, that that is worth preserving to a very large degree. Not saying that we can't always improve upon it, make some changes, make some things better, right? But as far as civilization goes, I'm thinking that what we've got now is pretty good in the grand scheme of things. In fact, I am a bit of a culturalist, actually. I think it's better than uh, any other society that's ever existed before on the face of the planet. I do. I, 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 and I'm not ashamed of that. I, I don't apologize for that. Because I think it's pretty clear. This system has done more good for more people than any other system ever devised in the history of the world. It has lifted more people out of poverty. It has created more freedom for everybody. Right? It is a constant pursuit of a more perfect union. And so to me, that's worth protecting. But what I'm seeing now is a lot of people that are, uh, that are being lured, they're wooed by the siren song of collectivism, this Marxist deconstruction crap. It has infected everything, and it's going to destroy the civilization and the world. And ladies, specifically, y'all have, like, way more to lose. I'm uh, Seriously. Like, if this culture goes a certain direction, I'm not so sure you're going to like where it ends up. Yes, I think our culture is superior. I do. Absolutely. It's got more freedom for more people than any other society. Absolutely. Particularly some, because and what, what is prompting this is, People on TikTok today, there is an effort on TikTok today that is uh, reading Osama bin Laden's letter. And you've got these young dumbasses, these young kids that get their news from TikTok. And they're like, I just read Osama bin Laden's letter to America. And I got to say, it. Uh, I actually understand why he did what he did now. This is what they're saying. You guys, it is a death cult. And if you want to be in the death cult, go join it. Okay? Go find a society that celebrates death more than life. Go find one. That's not the one I'm interested in being a part of. That's not what this one is. And I'm going to I'm going to oppose any effort to try to make it into one. It's it's Marxism, folks. This is leftism. The sooner people realize this and stand up against it, the better off we're all going to be. Because if we don't, 
we are all in a heap of trouble. And then I haven't even gotten to the stupid high school debaters yet. Good Lord, the dumbassery. Okay, Georgia scrapped its Jim Crow laws, its voting laws. I can arrive at no other conclusion. Yeah, Georgia has eliminated its Jim Crow voter suppression laws, thereby winning the 2025 Major League Baseball All-Star Game. There you go. Look at that. It's coming back. See, all they had to do is repeal all of the Jim Crow voter suppression laws, and now Major League Baseball is coming back. It's very simple. I don't know why. Oh. Oh, hang on. Wait a minute. They didn't repeal the... Wait a minute. If they didn't repeal the law, then that would mean Major League Baseball pulling out of Atlanta was... Yeah. Warning. You're in the zone of dumbassery. That is exactly what it means. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Let's head over to the phone lines. Here is Josh. Hello, Josh. Welcome. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Good. I just wanted to uh, give you a quick message. You know, you referenced TikTok a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just want to say that the pure idiocracy is on that app. Uh, you have the QAnon, and you also have the far-left uh, people. And I'm a prime user. It's mainly entertaining to watch these people and see what they believe. It's like far out, man. Yeah. Far out. Yeah, it is. It's the prequel to Idiocracy, the documentary that was released uh, about, what, 10, 15 years ago. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is it, everything, and this is part of the algorithm and the, uh, the AI machine learning thing, where what people are watching, the, the AI is tracking it all, and it's, it's taking in the data, and then it is then crafting uh, more videos. And we are assuming that the AI is doing so simply to get more attention. But if the AI is programmed to uh, to do things that are detrimental to the Western populations in order to destabilize them, well, that would be an entirely different thing altogether, no? like, And, and because TikTok is right out of communist China, you have to assume that they are attempting to spread their uh, utopian revolution to us via all means necessary. And I like I I cannot believe that people use this app as they do. I like I'm at the point now where it's like anything that comes out of China, I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking we ban it. <laughs> De- definitely, and especially you know uh, when you spout the truth, uh, you get you get what is called banned or whatever, and then you get kicked off the app for uh, spewing that truth and actually putting these news articles out that are very, like, proved to be proved to be factual. I wonder, what happens, Josh, if you try to push out stuff that's anti-commie China? You get, you get banned. Really? <laughs> I would, yeah, I'd be curious. Do me a favor. See if you can find some stuff. Like, maybe just start posting some Winnie the Pooh uh, uh, videos or memes or GIFs or pictures or whatever. Winnie the Pooh and President Xi Jinping. Because he hates when when people do that in China. So I'm just curious if, like, you were to push out that kind of thing, what would happen? Definitely. I might give it a try. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. All right, Josh. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right. See you. Uh, yeah, because i got to tell you, I am not on the TikTok. Don't ever intend to be on the TikTok. Um, 
This is uh, Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, I'm all right. How are you? Well, I'm Santa Claus, and I'm losing weight. You're. I thought your name but, was Nicholas then, or Chris. Saint Nicholas, yes, it is. Well, then why are you calling in as Jerry? How can I believe anything that you're saying at this point? Because I lie to children. That 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 doesn't make you Santa Claus. <laughs> well, I dress like him. Anyway, I'm calling because I I teach and I do Uber. And the other day, I had a kid come into my car complaining about the cost of everything and housing and how is he going to ever afford a house. And he's recently out of college. And his solution for the housing problem was, well, why don't we just all have, like, families live together like we do in dorms? And I'm thinking to him, and I'm telling him, you know, we're going to have families fighting with each other about whose turn it is to clean the bathroom, whose turn it is you know, to do this, who stole my milk and, and, and what, you know, how are you going to split up all the costs? He goes, well, we'll just do it community like, like we do in college. And I go, well, that's not going to work because every family has different needs. And he goes, well, we'll just have to find a way to make it work. I mean, the kids nowadays coming out of college are so I hate to use your word, but so full of dumbassery. It is. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, and it's, and it's not their fault. Um, and it, again, these are like these are uh, solutions, and I always say there are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. But that's here on this show, not in an Uber. So yeah, that's a bad idea. Um, and uh, yeah. these guys develop these ideas sitting around pulling bong tokes in the dorms. I get it. Uh, been there, done that, right? Like uh, you think these are the most awesome ideas? Like congratulations, kid! You just invented the hippie cult communes. They've been around for a long time, a long time. Um, and if you want to I've live, I've never been to one. Yeah, hippie commune. Are they fun? I mean, I guess some of them could be. Some of them don't end well. Uh, like the guy uh, Manson, he Jones. ran one that didn't end well. Jim Jones, no, that that one didn't end well. No, no. So yeah, I mean, you know, it it, it can. Uh, just you know, different strokes, different folks. Um, yep. I just, I just don't think, though, that uh, you it doesn't solve the problem because you have to build the living quarters for enough people. And I don't even know, like, what, what college did this person graduate from uh, where their dorm room was all communal? Like, we had dorm rooms, but the dorm room was just like, you know, 12 by 12, cinder block construction. Uh, and then down yeah. the hall, there was just a bathroom. That was it. There was no kitchen. You know, they're, like, nowadays I hear some of the dorms that get constructed They've, they're like they've got an ensuite, right? They've got the kitchen area, living room, and yeah, and, yeah, and then and they have maid service, and somebody comes in and cleans up after them. So, well, if, the, is that what he's talking about? I asked him is, yeah, I've seen those, but I asked him well, if something breaks, who's going to replace it? He goes, well, I don't know. We'll just all have to chip in or something. It's like, well, that's just that's not going to work because someone's going to be making more money than the other. There's going to be big fights about. Well, he makes more than I do, so he should pay a higher percentage. Right. You know they. It's just never no. going to work. Yeah. This was tried by the pilgrims when the pilgrims first arrived. They sat down. They're like, okay, everybody is going to you know, like you're you're going to uh, you're going to make everybody's homes and you are going to make everybody's clothing and you're going to do all. It's like they they divvied up all of the work and then everybody started starving. Right. Nobody had food. Nobody oh, had yeah. the clothing. Nobody had the houses. And so they're like, you know what? Scrap this. Go back to the drawing board. Like, here's your land. That's yours. And lo and behold, people actually gave a flying fig Newton about their own stuff. People yep. were motivated by their own self-interest. See, this is what 
Thomas Sowell, right, when he talked about the constrained and unconstrained visions of of the way people view the world and the people who have a constrained vision, they are conservative. They recognize people act in their own self-interest. And so you, you, you utilize that in order to create the most benefit for the most people. Then you have the unconstrained vision. These are people that think utopia is achievable. And that's what that kid is expressing that, Oh, we'll just, you know, just, uh, you just spin out this idea and we will get there somehow. He's not constrained by any sort of reality. I no, appreciate living off of mom and dad's dollars. Well, yeah, that too. All right, Jerry, I appreciate the call. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, good to hear from you. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out okay the high school debaters national championship winners i don't even know what school these kids are from doesn't matter um i'm going to play you an excerpt of the winning argument here was the question though topic should the u.s remove its military presence in the arab states which is like the usa like the United States of America, these are the Arab states, I think. No, it, right. Anyway, so should the U.S. remove its military presence in Arab states? And here is the here are some excerpts of the winning arguments. The military industrial complex has been coupled with American Christianity, the worship of the weapons of whiteness. Thus, we demand that the U.S. remove its military presence from the Middle East to end our senseless crusade. Scholars are the starting point for any horrible policies. We have tolerated 40 years of Christian conservatism. It must end now. Endorsing our advocacy instead of banal parroting right-wing rhetoric is the only way we can demand an end to Pope Donald's crusade. Our argument, simply put, is that religion and politics is inevitable. As the United States was built to be a city upon a hill for white Christians, American Christianity has controlled all aspects of politics such as justifying slavery. We solve by decoupling weapons and warships and ending the crusade. White Christians literally inscribe scriptures onto their weapons, worshiping through war. We demand that white Christians be held accountable for America's original sin. The negative continues the trend in politics while whiteness devours the other. By voting for us, the judge will send his signal to political leaders and condemn Christianity in politics. Debating this topic is irrelevant while society is dominated by white Christians. Even if we have something educational to say about this topic, the political will just pray it away and continue their mission to conquer the world in the name of Jesus Christ. How can we compromise with people who think that the Lord demands their policies? Political leaders cannot reasonably do the af or neg based on educational re- reasoning when, re- when religion dominates politics. This is especially important right now, since Mike Pence spends his days praying instead of responding to the looming threats of an Iranian invasion and the Middle East sponsored state sponsored or and the and media spew state sponsored Islamophobic rhetoric. The role of the ballot is to vote for the team that best combats Christian militarism. The link is that the U.S. military is being choked by white Christianity, affirmed to reject our senseless crusade on Holy Land heretics by removing Pope Donald's vehicle of war. The impact is that religious war against non-Christians justifies severe dehumanization of Muslims because we frame them as ruthless threats. Our advocacy is that we should remove religion from weapons and remove religion from the military. If we decouple religion and the military then we can actually allow the U.S. to use its military to make good actions. Right now, using uh, using religion to justify military conflict in the Middle East is what justifying crusade that specifically dehumanizes people and otherizes people who are non-Christian. But the moment we can, but the moment we can decouple religion and military, that's when we can actually use the military to make good change. 
The Zone of Dumbassery. You can't see it, but I just uh, I just saw my brain uh, from rolling my eyes too far back into my head. Did you hear this? The, the, the topic was, should the U.S. remove its military presence in the Arab states? And we get this woke crap. And the delivery... This is a debate. This is the national high school debate championship winners. And they're talking like this. Like, uh, uh, like they're all amped up on Adderall. Well, they probably are actually amped up on Adderall. But what the heck is going on with these debaters? No masters are they. Oh, my goodness. We demand that white Christians be held accountable for America's original sin. How about this? I demand you are held accountable for a dumbass argument. How about that? Oh, and also, you say by voting for us, the judges, what's that? The judge will send his signal to political leaders and condemn Christianity and politics. Uh, First off, you're assuming the judge's gender. You should be disqualified. You lose. I mean, if we're going to play this woke BS game. By voting for us, the judge will send his signal to political leaders and condemn Christianity. So it's not even about the topic. It's not even about their performance. They want the judge to make a ruling for them based on some other argument that had nothing to do with the topic. Dude, our society is in some serious trouble. If this is these are the winners, actually there is a competing uh, organization now. It's called Incubate Debate. And they are going to try to save... This whole industry from itself. Well, from the dumbasses. Good luck to them. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.